Hello and welcome to Covert Castaway. I'm Holly. Je suis Stéphane. Join us as we share what we learn and how we're making the transition to windboard cruising. So today we're talking about redundancy. And to set the context for the conversation, we've just been going through this exhaustive process of picking all of our options. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of choices. Yeah. A lot. A lot. So the the thing is is you can make redundant pretty much everything on the boat. <laughs> and it can get really expensive really fast and also heavy, right? Mm-hmm. Like carrying around a bunch of stuff. So knowing that if that stuff you're not using it the day you want to use it in 2 years, 3 years then it might not work. Yeah, exactly. So what we learned from our first boat, because I, I think we, we over-pivoted on a lot of things, but we also, I think, put a lot of extra stuff in. But um, So this time we're trying to be more careful because there's the, the boat just needs to be kept lighter. Um, so, you know, the, it, the sky's the limit in terms of options. Um, so we're trying to be really precise about what we prioritize and think is most important. So that's kind of the conversation we want to have today. Anything you want to add? Yeah, I mean, it's more of a philosophy, I would say. You mm-hmm. know, there is no right and wrong. I mean, weight isn't the determinant factor for us. I think our last two years, last two seasons, have given us some more input. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, if you're buying a new boat versus buying an old boat, it's completely different. Yeah. And, um, and then, yeah, so... But yeah, we just found ourselves Close. in these conversations with Otomir a lot, like, well, what if this happens or what if that happens? And I mean, you could go on forever and ever and, and just keep buying stuff. So I think the well, fir- And it was the other way. It was like in the option list, like to get the backup autopilot. And I was like, really? Do we need like a backup autopilot? Yeah. I mean, I've steered a boat without an autopilot I know. for 14 days. I know. So this <laughs> is the stuff we want to talk about. So, um, So just to be clear, we're not talking about passage planning. We're not talking about, um, you know, if in, a, in an emergency, do you have the right spare parts? So that's not really the conversation. The conversation is more about like when you're thinking about setting up your boat for the first time and, or you're buying a new boat, you know, what's a, how are we looking at, you know, putting in redundancy? What systems? Yeah. You really want to have redundant in right. case something goes wrong. Right. And then you can bring the boat or the crew back to safety. Right. Right. And so I think the first thing, the first discussion we kind of went back to is um, our plans for the boat. So if we were going to have the boat for three years, or if we were planning on having the boat longer, but only doing seasonal sailing or coastal sailing. Yeah. Or like to be sitting like in the med, you know, so closer to shore. Right. Um, That's different than you know, the bo- having the boat set up to do a circumnavigation, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's the first thing. You- circumnavigation over a long period of a time. A long period of time, you could do yeah. a circumnavigation in, in less, you know, in yeah, yeah, yeah. less than three years or three years. But we're, we're our, okay, so our baseline is circumnavigation over 10 years. Seven to 10, depending on how long it takes. <laughs> we don't know. So so this is the context. So um, the way we started to kind of narrow down the choices um, was, first of all, like, what are the most important 
the biggest things to sort of think about. So obviously equipment failure on the boat. And um, another thing, and it's happened to quite a few people we know, you know, having a lightning strike, not, mm. not necessarily on their boat, but near their boat. Uh, and so that, that was another consideration. Um, but, you know, w- without going into disaster scenarios, you know, we're trying to just think about, you know, what do you absolutely need redundant on the most critical system? So we narrowed it down. Any other kind of situations you can think of without, I mean, it, it's like high level High-level situations, right? Yeah. I think for the purpose of that podcast, that's, yeah. okay. that's, that's the setup. So major systems we think obviously are the priority is um, GPS, knowing where you are, right? Um, so knowing where you are is going to be really important. Um, so the navigation piece. And then the autopilot, um, we had quite a few discussions about that. Uh, the secondary anchor we think that's pretty important, obviously, to have um, some kind of backup water maker, and then there are a, cu- a couple other things. Um, so that's how we started thinking about the most important systems and the, the things you need to sort of start out with brand new out of the gate um, as we're making some of these choices. So do you want to talk about navigation first? Yeah, I think luckily nowadays, um, between phones and iPads, devices like these, there are fairly cheap they have gps you can have you know charts on it and um so that's the backup for all that Mm -hmm. you basically want to protect those devices in case of lightning and um so typically you put them in the oven Mm -hmm. but you know you can buy some stuff that are really like uh, to protect them like a faraday type cage um and, and and a satellite phone as well for communication. Mm-hmm. So if we're doing a passage or if, something. Yeah, yeah, if you're doing a passage. I mean, you have like your systems on board, you know, to do basic communication. But um, yeah, I've had the experience where in, so that was the, the, the backup 2008, where we uh, took a satellite phone and we would have not done it the prior two. Like we didn't have a satellite phone on board, but the, we had heard of a boat uh, coming back from Hawaii after the race that got hit by a whale. And <laughs> of all things. Of all things, yeah, <laughs> 500 miles away from, from Hawaii. And, um, and the, the water was coming so, so quickly that they didn't have time to basically uh, call. And on the SSB, on VHF, and you're 500 miles away, mm-hmm. depending on who is around. So they had to evacuate the boat jump on the life raft and suddenly like, okay, what happened? So luckily they had a satellite for wins them. Mm-hmm. The bad news is they had didn't they had not saved any phone numbers in the sat phone. And now you're like, oh, who do we call? Like yeah. you know, Coast Guard, whatever. So so anyway, we had learned from that experience and there was a double handed race in the small boat and there was we were like, okay, let's find out how much it does it cost. And that was so 14 years ago. I don't remember the cost right now, but it was reasonable from what I We took the minimum plan and then we ended up, our SSB ended up not working. We, it was working before we left, but during the race, it never worked. And we used that cell phone every day to report our position to another boat uh, twice a day to download weather files, to send emails. And at the end, I was like, ooh. 
that's going to cost a lot of money. Yeah. And and basically the 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 first plan was covered by that. So I imagine now in fourteen years later, that's the prices even come down further. Yeah. So. I mean that's sort of passage planning, right? I think your point, the point you're making is, you need some kind of secondary communication, and you need some kind of secondary um, navigation. Mm-hmm. So. Some people talk about like, oh, should I have two different charts on the, like, you know, navigation systems on the boat um, in case one blows out? Um, the, I think that, you know, if, if, you're, if your boat gets struck by lightning, right? You have to assume all you have to assume everything's going to be gone. So, you know, it, it kind of levels up the priority of some kind of Faraday situation, you know, mm. whether it's the oven or you, or you buy a certain thing, you know, as soon as you start having a thunder and lightning storm, you know, lickety split, like take care of that. Yeah. Um, Protect those devices. Exactly. We just talked about. Yeah, exactly. So definitely for passage plan, we have a whole podcast coming up on communication and we're going to go through the sat phones and the Iridium go and all of that too, in a lot of detail. Cause that's really, really important. Mm-hmm. Um, the second, topic is the autopilot. So we had a lot of conversation about this. Oh, maybe uh, let's just mention the Cortex. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it's, uh, you know, everybody knows about the regular VHF. And initially we were like, oh, we don't need the sat phone type VHF. And use a big screen and everything. So what it is, is it's a super swanky, like, it looks like a a mobile phone. Yeah, like um, a smartphone. Smartphone, and, but it has all of your boat systems on it. Um, well, all, I mean, you can yeah, navigate. You yeah. can connect it and get some data. But uh, one, so it does obviously VHF. That's right. That's what it is. But it also has AIS, and so that's uh, in in this case that was we had three reasons why, or there was three features with this device why we eventually decided to go with the Cortex. Um, counting also that uh, all the owners we talked to were very happy with it. But one of it is it has, it has its own AIS. Right. So if you had something, you know, that was a, it's basically a backup for that. Right. So it may not save you in the situation of a lightning strike, but it would definitely help, you know, be an, yet another way of having AIS on the boat yeah. as a secondary if cool. you have a problem with your network or something, yeah. then it's independent. And we'll cover this a lot more in the in the communications podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so autopilot. So do you want to start the conversation on that? Yeah, I mean the default was it was in the option list. So so you're like okay, do and then you're thinking like okay, just just an autopilot that is just going to steer. So you're boat. thinking maybe a couple like, thousand dollars. Yeah, like one or two, like at the most. And you're like, sure, why not? And then you're like. Ooh, it's expensive because it needs its own little system. So if you have a problem with your main autopilot, you know, it doesn't rely on anything from the main autopilot. So it has this compass, it has all these things. So it's, it's a whole independent system. So by the time you have this, it's like seven, 8,000 euros. Yeah. And then you're thinking, why do I'm like, can't we hand steer? Like, what's the big deal? Yeah. So you're like, okay, sure. You can cross the ocean. And if you take worst case scenario, you're not like in the middle of the Pacific the passage, yeah. yeah, and you know, let's say you're like a week far uh, from the coast, you know, yeah. Like, so you're thinking, okay, we can suck it up, and we could probably do that, right? Yeah, I mean, so that's the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, can you handle it for a week? And you know, are you going to be just the two of you for a passage, or are you typically going to have crew? So okay, that's another variable. But it could also happen when you are like a day or two from shore. 
and you could be depending on wind and waves but you could potentially turn around and address the situation so so you're like hmm do we need to spend seven eight thousand yeah. after we spend so much money and, and then the- we started thinking about like okay what if one of us was hurt you know and, and this is the this is the slippery slope you go down right yeah but I think and, and then the thing is where you know so I talk geographically where it could happen, but also what are they going to be the conditions? Because mm-hmm. typically when things go wrong, it's not, it's not during the day. It's not, it's when, not it's dolphin nice rainbow time. Yeah. yeah. So now you are like, it might be a shorter passage, but suddenly it's bad weather and you suddenly lost your autopilot. And now maybe in the, somebody got injured mm-hmm. and suddenly like now it's becoming a problem because mm-hmm. you have one person. So, but you can draw these scenarios and where do you draw the line? So I think the way what we were talking earlier, the way we drew the line was like, okay, if we were going to leave for like a shorter period of time, like a few years, probably we would not take it. But since we're leaving for 10, a longer time, <laughs> 10 yeah. years, then it's like, okay, the likelihood that it's going to become helpful at some point in time is, is higher. Is higher. Yeah. So, that's how we rationalized it in our head, and, mm-hmm. and then we ended up spending the money. <laughs> and then we had two choices, right? Like one choice, so our system is B&G, and so the option was to get, what was it, the Raymarine? Yeah. The Raymarine autopilot, which was a little bit less. Mm. And then, or do you get the B&G and just have it on the other, um, on the other rudder? Right, because one's on one rudder. I mean, it controls both, but yeah. it switches one side. So, so because our boat has a helm on one side, a wheel on one side, and the tiller on the other side, um, you know, you could put it in either place. But um, so, you know, what you liked about it, right, was it was always it was all the same parts. Yeah. So. That was, I mean, you're familiar with the system. Mm-hmm. It can create maybe some confusion. You know, that's, that's. I mean, Ray, there, it sounds like the Raymarine autopilot, the one they are using it. Uh, it's spare. got a separate switch. and. Yeah, so there is no possible confusion. Obviously, you don't want both of them running at the same time. Yeah. You know, so, <laughs> so they're like, but, um, so I think, but in our case, we're like, okay, if we're going to get the spare autopilot, we're going to get the same brand and we'll make sure we're smart enough and awake enough to not, you know, yeah. confuse them in some way, shape or form. And and potentially might be useful for like spare parts yeah. or something. And so that was that was like one step further where yeah. we're like, okay, we'll spend the, now that we've agreed. That we're going to get <laughs> to, one. Now we're going to spend a little bit more money to get the BNG, the H5000. And now, because it never stops, it's like it's the baseline, it's just compass mode. But now you're thinking like, okay, I'm in the middle of the Atlantic and I have a problem with the primary autopilot. So yes, great. We have a secondary autopilot, but it's just compass mode. So now it doesn't follow the wind. Right. Now you have to trim your cells. So if we already spend that money, why not spend a little bit to have also the wind mode? And now it's like, so we're still uh, deciding and, and waiting on some feedback. from Because Raymarine only had Compass too, right? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the idea was like, I mean, you know, again, where do you draw the line? But the concept is just to have uh, a basic autopilot that can steer the boat in a straight line. Right. And then you deal with the rest. You may be motoring, you may be on your cells, might not be trained perfectly or you adjust them. But so now we're like, you know, in the slippery soap. Yeah. And, and we're like, well, why not have two 
<laughs> autopilot that can steer the boat. So in the middle of the Atlantic, there is one that has a problem. You switch to the other one, and and you're like, you know, game yeah, on. yeah. And you know, so what we what we have done too is we've surveyed around to people who've had um, boats for a longer period of time and have been doing circumnavigations. And yeah, one way or another, you know, this equipment does go out. So, you know, if you talk to the the people that are selling you, the oh no, they never go out. But yet they want you to buy the secondary. Yeah, they are very reliable nowadays. Yeah. But um, you just never know. Yeah. yeah. So I think yeah, if you sell, if you're going to sell mostly to people, it's probably. Yeah. So that's where we landed yeah. on the on the autopilot. Um, okay. And then the anchor, secondary anchor. So yeah. I think that's pretty, pretty standard. standard. And, yeah. um, you, I mean, typically the secondary anchor, the smaller, lighter anchor, and you're going to use it if you had an anchorage where, you know, if you get you need there, to keep the boat straight. Yeah. yeah. In certain angle, because somebody set it up in a certain way, then you have to do the same. So, so that's, that's one reason why you'll need to, to carry one. We went um, with... Uh, um, the Ultra for the primary, right? For the primary was the Ultra, and then for the secondary... Um, is it Fortress? No, no, that's the standard one that comes like and never liked kind oh. of the Fortress. The Spade. It's, it's convenient because it's, it's, it doesn't... I mean, it's, it's flat. It folds, it's yeah. It's folds in a way it's flat. It works in in some in sand and stuff, and it works well. But it's not kind of well-rounded kind of anchor. Mm-hmm. And so we thought, okay, again with the philosophy that since we're leaving for a long period of time, um, it's it, there's possibility we could use our anchor or, or lose our anchor or like having to drop it something. Right. And then do you have a secondary that can potentially hold the boat to and be a primary for? Yeah, yeah temporary. It could primary. take a it could take a long time to get a replacement uh, if you're in the wrong place. Right? Yeah. So the inconvenience is it's not as as convenient to to store, um, but it's lighter. It's aluminum. It's it's bigger, and um, and but it could hold the boat. Mm-hmm. And um, so so that's the direction, and we went to yeah. for this as a secondary anchor yeah. to to have that option to be a primary if necessary. Right. And then the other item was water. So, uh, yeah, this is interesting because normally, if you do, if you were doing a long passage, you know, you'd not have any issue if, as long as your water maker is working. Um, but also, we don't necessarily want our water ma- water tanks to be completely full all the time. So, again, you would be doing different planning if you're doing a, a passage versus something else. But say you get stuck and you end up not having that much water in your tanks and then... Um, or you have a leak. In your, or you have a leak, yeah. yeah. And then you lose your water. So yeah. you definitely want to have bottles of water, you know, that you can then rely just for the purpose of drinking, you know, and mm-hmm. you're not using this for kind of it's back to the old days. Mm-hmm. So to have enough that you could potentially get to shore... Just uh, just having enough drinking water. Now, you also have, if you're going to be crossing oceans and being different parts of the world, you have clouds and you have rain. And so potentially, capture, yeah. yeah, you want to be able to have a system where you can capture rain, put mm-hmm. this into... Um, into and Ochimir has this set up already on these boats, so it's pretty cool. So, so it's on one way, you're like, okay, I'm going to have a separate 
water system, yeah. system, you know, just bottles. And um, in, in case, in the worst case, then you lose all your water. Um, but you have other ways you could potentially get rainwater. Yeah. Now, we, I think we haven't researched this to, uh, and to see what, how well they work, but you can have also like a manual. Yeah, uh, I have actually looked at the manual, the handhelds, and I think certainly having one for a ditch bag would be a good idea. Yeah. Uh, so again, that's kind of different. Um, but we're not going with a backup water maker is the no, point. No, yeah. Not for, for that. Yeah. Just the backup will be like, you know, that for the ditch yeah. bag. Yeah. So the, that's kind of the major thing. And then, you know, Stefan and I went back and forth whether we wanted to bring this up or not, cause this goes in more of the spare parts category maybe, but, um, you know, secondary halyard. Um, and, and they rigged that for you, right? When they set up the boat anyway, that's part of the rigging. Uh, you, you'll have two uh, halyards going downwind and then you'll have the main halyard and you have the topping lift right so just making sure you have something something there yeah i mean if i i think in this case is uh, uh again this is going to happen when the conditions are pretty bad you might not be able to go up the mast uh to to kind of run a new halyard so obviously to have a spare one would be good mm-hmm. um I mean, to have a totally spare one, you can run it when the weather is, the sea state is calm. Uh, but at least to have another one. And um, and then what we didn't talk about is obviously the obvious is we're, we're buying a c- exactly. catamaran. Catamarans have redundancy built in. I mean, we have two engines. So it's kind have- of the part of the rationale why we went that route with the catamaran too, right? Is Is all the redundancy. And the engines and, and well, sure, but it has two engines. It has yeah. two rudders, you know, and and um, yeah. If you looked at Cat Great Circle, they two diesel engine, two diesel. Um, sorry, uh, fuel tanks, two right. fuel tanks. Um, right. So you have redundancy, and so yeah. so already the catamaran covers quite a bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. and what I was going to say is on on the recent um, episode of Cat Great Circle, they they ruined one of their rudders mm. and they could actually steer with one rudder which mm-hmm. was which was really great um the other thing and i'm not sure what happened with them on the dagger boards is you know you, you if you have the dagger boards down it does protect your rudders to some degree um mm. so that's also good as long as you have them down mm-hmm. in the right places i suppose yeah. <laughs> um yeah so so that's where we kind of do the line on redundancy and there's absolutely every system you can build redundancy into, but those are the decisions we made. So mm-hmm. if you feel like we missed anything or... Well, I guess what, what during the navigation, uh, what we didn't cover is um, we, um, we're going to be using uh, Octopus uh, as a navigation software. So it will have its own maps, but we'll also will have obviously the um, BNG. the BNG, and I think it's it might be the same. But you can have like your iPad with like uh, Navionic. So between all your devices, you can make sure at least you have two different chart systems. Yeah. And um, and so when you go, that's what we were doing in a previous boat. You know, we had Navionics on the iPad, and then we had the Garmin. Garmin yeah. And I forgot what charts they were, but we were mm-hmm. always cross-checking those, and so yeah. that's definitely another. Uh, so nothing bad happens, but you still want to have uh, that redundancy like at all time. Yeah, and we actually want to talk about octopus a lot in a future episode. We have that slotted mm-hmm. um, as a deep dive because uh, it's a really great software program. We didn't know anything about it 
previously. And you, you knew a little bit. bit. Yeah. yeah. But like we sat in a class and I was like, oh, wow, this is actually really awesome. The yeah. interface is terrible um, from a software person. It's not great. It's but, outdated. But the uh, outdated like by decades, mm-hmm. <laughs> but the actual functionality is amazing. So um, we want to talk about that a little bit more. Yeah. Because we made the decision to use this as yeah. a primary navigation system. Yeah. So we're excited to share that with you guys. So yeah, so that's where we drew the line on on the redundancy and on the systems. And if you think we missed anything, um, reach out to us at uh, sailingowen at gmail.com. And fair winds for now. Bon Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, like, or share with another covert castaway. Fair winds for now. Fair winds for now.